Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Nourished Bod Pod. I am your co-host, Carrie. And I'm Meg. And today we are going to be talking about um, some latest news with Demi Lovato and a frozen yogurt shop um, called The Big Chill in LA. So um, to recap what happened, and this happened just recently too, Demi Lovato apparently went to this Froyo shop and was not pleased by seeing all these um, Froyo alternatives like sugar-free alternatives and it was a very triggering experience for her so you know today we're going to be talking about the situation and eating disorders and eating disorder triggers and how to maybe help those and help people struggling with eating disorders and yeah so Demi Lovato who in the past she's you know she's in recovery from an eating disorder and you know Mm -hmm. still struggles with it daily as, as many people do and so she called out this froyo shop saying um you know that it's not good that they have so many sugar-free not just froyo but other like cookies and other foods like that and you know she talked about like having to walk past all those before getting to the counter and so she said that it was you know quote harmful messaging from this froyo shop the big chill and she wanted to start a hashtag called um hashtag diet culture vultures um so yeah that is in it in a nutshell what has happened and she's received a lot of criticism for it um Mm -hmm. and kind of some there's been some back and forth too between the froyo shop and her so yeah that's that's what we're talking about today yep she's been all over social media kind of talking about this um i think another point to mention too is I believe that it wasn't just that things were, you know, being labeled sugar-free and things like that, but they were also being labeled guilt-free. Is that correct? Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. There, so, I think there yeah. was a, like, she shared later on a post of a brand, a whole, like, brand of um, cookies, I think it is, that are called um, Eat Me Guilt-Free, I think mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I think she was calling that out because they were at the Froyo shop. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I feel like Demi's getting a lot of hate for this, and it kind of frustrates me. I mean, I understand in part where some people are coming from. Was this the most graceful way to handle a situation where you're feeling triggered? Uh, I think that's debatable. I think, you know, this is certainly not the only business, and I'm assuming definitely not the only business in L.A. that... Um, has this kind of messaging with their food and and whatnot and so it seems like they're they're being targeted even though this is a very very common practice um and of course a lot of uh demi's fans and she has millions of followers on instagram where she was posting this and posting the back and forth between the business shop owner and her so it's caused a little bit of drama and i i do feel bad for this business i think um you know obviously i don't love some of the messaging like especially guilt-free um messaging that you're seeing but at the same time you know i feel like um she has apologized though and owned up to where she could have acted with more grace so that shows a lot of growth and i really love that but i do still feel like she's getting a little too much hate for this because she's somebody who suffers from an eating disorder and i think we need to show people compassion when they're we're triggered and they're talking about something that affects not only them but millions of other people yeah and 
you know, let's be clear before we get too far in this episode. This episode is not about criticizing and bashing Demi Lovato because I personally adore her. She has a powerful voice. She's so talented. She has a lot of great songs, hot tracks. So just kind of want to set that. Yeah, and she's been through so much and she's mm-hmm. so candid of talking about her recovery, not only from an eating disorder, but also from drug addiction. And so mm-hmm. it's like, man, we got to show people like this more compassion and not flame these celebrities who've been through hell and back. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, we definitely we we understand where Demi's coming from when she's triggered around these things. I think there's, like I said, millions of people who can relate. And I think she is bringing an important uh, issue to front and center, which is just how much diet culture messaging you see around food um, and how that yes that can be triggering for people yeah and I think too although I'm sure you know a lot of people can relate but also on the flip side there are so many people who don't have any understanding and awareness of eating disorders and also triggers And if you haven't lived through it personally or know someone who has or is an eating disorders researcher like I am, it may be so hard for you to understand and you may not um, be able to empathize with Demi as much. And you may think like, oh, well, that's crazy. She's acting crazy. Mm -hmm. And, And it's not. It's just I think there's also, yeah, on the flip side of people understanding, but then on the other side people truly have no idea about eating disorders and the things that could trigger people because the triggers can vary from person to person as well it's not the same for everyone right exactly and I've definitely seen a lot of oh my god this is such a first world problem Demi is just so privileged that this is what her problems are it's like ooh, I really don't Mm -hmm. like that I think that's super harmful to minimize somebody's experiences like that because, you know, as you said, I mean, there's just people who don't understand eating disorders and they don't understand, um, you know, the why behind <laughs> people's reasoning for why they get triggered around certain foods or why um, diet culture can be really harmful for people. And so I think it's just it's best to show people who've, who are dealing with these things um, with way more compassion than what I've been personally seeing online. The good news is... Um, it also looks like, I mean, other celebrities are kind of, who've been through similar experiences have been coming to light and kind of supporting Demi. Um, Jamila Jamil said something along the lines of, um, and this is a direct quote, she said, okay, I wanna to try to avoid making the story bigger than it already is, but if an eating disorder advocate says she sees products that are uh, positioned as guilt-free and is potentially triggered, that doesn't mean she's too stupid to remember that diabetics exist. It just means that we need to change the marketing of products that are for people's medical needs. Um, mm-hmm. And we can certainly talk about that um, and our thoughts on that. But it sounds like the people who have been there, they kind of, they get it, you know, <laughs> and they're coming out in support, which I appreciate. Yeah, I definitely think people might be a little bit too harsh. Um, and as Demi said in her kind of apology video to let she's human. And it it is hard to be a celebrity. Like if you and I were to, you know, write a letter to a business or tweet or say something like that wouldn't get blown out of proportion at all. But it's because Demi's a celebrity and has that fan base. So um, it's a different level for sure. Um, And and yeah. It is. But I also think because she has that bigger platform, it is important to be a little bit more responsible and like, 
in the heat of the moment, like, I think Mm -hmm. she, you know, was obviously very frustrated and understandably so, but it is kind of unfortunate seeing, like, people just target the hell out of this business when I'm like, okay, I don't think this business is, like, is really the main target that we should be going after personally, Mm -hmm. but again, that's, it's understandable why, (laughs) why she was feeling really frustrated in in that moment, so. I'm sure the business will be fine anyway like this will blow over like I don't think they're going to go out of business because of this so um just as like a side note people might be boycotting the business now or angry but I think people will forget about it um yeah that's a good point in a little while yeah so let's talk a little bit then about eating disorder triggers in particular um Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on this I mean specifically as an eating disorder um researcher Obviously, there can be really triggering environments, and we don't know a ton about, like, and, and as you said, like, it just depends on the person, and not everybody's going to have the same triggers and things like that, so. Yeah, um, so I'm not an expert, actually, on, like, specifically triggers, um, but as I said earlier, there, you know, every person is a unique individual and there are different things that could trigger them um but i do know that you know the experience of like going out to eat and that can include going out to a froyo shop can be really Mm -hmm. really difficult for people and people not struggling with eating disorders might not even think twice about the act of going out to eat um but it's something that people with eating disorders have to deal with every day and also in demi's like apology video she brought up something that I think was a really um, strong point where she talked about her substance abuse and she said, you know, with substance abuse addiction, you can walk away from it for like 10 years Mm -hmm. and never have it, but you have to eat every day. So it's hard when you have an eating disorder and you have to face that every single day. And I was like, that's a great point. I feel like that's a good thing for people who don't understand to take away like it is a daily thing you have to face and to cope with where um if you're hooked on another substance you can walk away from that because you don't need it to live but uh yeah and so i i also want to say that because triggers can be so individualized it's it's absolutely impossible to remove triggers for every person in eating disorder recovery. I think that's just something we just have to accept. Um, And also, I do think it's still good that Demi is bringing awareness to it. And I feel like there may be other strategies where we could help people deal with their triggers as opposed to trying to make businesses, um, what's the word, businesses like be accountable and take care of it. Yeah. Well, because I think that's impossible. Right. I think it's interesting. Um, businesses were trying really hard. Like, in my opinion, this Froyo business, because they had these different types of Froyos that serve different populations, they were trying to cater to other people, right? And in catering mm-hmm. to other people, they were <laughs> triggering another group. Mm-hmm. It's like, or triggering Demi. And not all, again, not all people with eating disorders would be triggered to that situation, but she was. So you're totally right. It's just like, businesses can't be perfect at this and you just you there's no way that you can try to account for everybody's triggers because there could be an infinite amount of things that trigger people so um i think it is important to fortify people 
for lack of a better word, against those triggers than mm-hmm. to try to like make the world a trigger-free place. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, that doesn't mean that there's nothing that these businesses can do. Mm-hmm. I think, um, or and food companies in general, I think removing clear signs of diet culture, so the certain labels like guilt-free or fattening or skinny whatever, like skinny cocktail, skinny pop, skinny whatever product it is, um, and stop labeling things like cheap foods. I think those types of labels should go totally. I mean, they're just not helpful for anybody and they can be really triggering for people with eating disorders. So why are those labels problematic? I just feel maybe like, people who... um, yeah, no, I think it's, there's nothing that uh, is being labeled that could help somebody with a medical necessity. Like for example, sugar-free. Well, there are people who are going to eat sugar-free foods because they're diabetic or because they're... Um, they, you know, want to cut back on their processed sugar intake for whatever medical reasons, things like this. But guilt-free, I mean, there's just, guilt shouldn't be associated with, with food mm-hmm. for one. There's nothing um, guilty about eating a cookie. It's, it's the culture that we live in now, though, associates cookies with, uh, with being bad foods, with foods you shouldn't eat. And so if you're eating those, you should feel guilty. Um, so if, if there's no medical reason that's going to help you, um, with (laughs) making a choice based on a label, like, I just don't think these types of labels help anybody and they just further stigmatize certain foods that don't really deserve all that extra stigma. Um, things like skinny, whatever that implies, like skinny pop, for example, that implies that this is a food that could make you skinny. Um, Mm -hmm. When there's no foods that are, you know, that help you lose weight and there are no specific foods that will help you gain weight, general like eating patterns and lifestyle habits are much better predictors of those types of things. So um, it's it's disingenuous marketing as well. And the underlying. Oh, sorry. (laughs) We finished. No, go for it. The underlying message among all those problematic labels and terms, too, is that thinness equals health and that the skinner Mm -hmm. you are the healthier you are and I mean Mm -hmm. I guess that is a simple way to conceptualize diet culture as well yeah very that's perfect that's like such a concise way to say it (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah so I think also another thing that we wanted to mention is that this is another reason why it's important to highlight um, why we just need way more support for those with eating disorders and greater access to treatment it's something that's really underdiagnosed and under, um, what is the word I'm looking for? It's just, there's not enough people who are being treated with, uh, for eating disorders, mm-hmm. even though they have eating disorders. The um, access to treatment is very limited. And so Absolutely. That's a really frustrating thing. Even um, more so for marginalized groups as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially because... And I could be mistaken about this, but like what eating disorder treatments are accepted by insurance? Hmm. I don't actually know the answer to that, but I don't believe this is something that's like widely accepted. And um, that's not to say, you know, there are some insurances that could cover this, but I do know that it's largely something that people with means can help treat themselves with and those without means and those without excess uh, resources and and whatnot struggle a lot more with finding treatment, especially treatment that is, um, you know, within their budget and things like that. Absolutely. That's a great point to bring up. So what can we do then 
to still empower individuals to handle their triggers and you know prepare themselves for when going out to eat because you know knowledge can still be spread even if unfortunately um, people can't get um, professional eating disorder treatment I mean if I were talking to Demi about this like I would say something along the lines of at first it's like you gotta you gotta recognize that that part of yourself that's being triggered is actually a part of you that's trying to protect you this is a protective mechanism that we have because triggers are something that you know your body's telling you oh my gosh you're in danger you're in danger and i think when you're uh, somebody who's experienced eating disorders or maybe you know trauma that has caused your eating disorders your body is very reactive to certain things and that's totally okay that's not a bad thing um necessarily it just shows you like your body has in mind and things like that have been through a lot and it's really just your body and your mind are trying to protect you so i think it's okay to love that part of yourself that's trying to protect you to love that reaction and go and send and send some thanks to them be like i really appreciate that you know you're trying to protect me (laughs) um it might sound kind of cheesy and maybe a little woo woo but in reality like it, that's what that, that's exactly what that reaction is doing. It's just it's trying to protect. It's trying to form this shield for you um, against things that are potentially harmful. So yeah, after sending like love and thanks to that part of yourself, you can then focus on ways to rewrite how you'd like your future self to handle mm-hmm. that trigger. Um, and it also can be helpful to kind of detach the triggered version of yourself from your true self, if that makes sense. Like understand that your trigger is not you. You are not your eating disorder. You're not, You're. that's not who you are necessarily. That's just kind of like this protective layer of you. Mm. Um, and to help shed that and to heal, um, you know, it can be helpful to like name that part of yourself or whatever and rewrite how you would like that part of yourself to, to handle a situation like that in the future. Um, Absolutely. This is something that on the on the NIDA website it talks about this. So a lot of um, what I'm talking about you can find directly on NIDA or how do you like to say it? You say NIDA, right? <laughs> I do say NIDA, but I think NIDA makes more sense, uh, which is NEDA, um, National Eating Disorders Association. Yes, correct. And that's a fabulous yes, that's a fabulous resource if you are looking for more information on eating disorders and treatment and things like that. And so. Yeah, this is one of the things that if you are triggered, they really do recommend. And the other thing that I think can help that's very similar to the concept that I'm talking about is mindfulness and meditation. These practices just really help separate you from your reactions. And so you can kind of understand your reactions a little bit better and alchemize them in a way to heal those parts of yourself. Because in reality, triggers are just, triggers are beautiful. They help tell you what still needs healing, right? I mean, I think that's that you can look at it as a beautiful thing and be like, oh, wow, thank you, Trigger. Like, this is a perfect reminder of what what still needs to heal so that I can better my relationship with food. That's a really Um, interesting perspective. I really like thinking about I mean, and this is not just, you know, we can get triggered by lots of different things, um, not just food. And so I think it's a beautiful way to kind of like go about healing in general. And um, it just helps to kind of think about that and in that way. Um, And there's another quote that I really love. Um, He's an author and somebody on Instagram who I follow and we can put in the show notes. His name is Young Pueblo. And I love this quote because I think it, it really does sum up my thoughts around this. And it says, your immediate reaction does not tell you 
who you are. It's how you decide to respond after the reaction that gives you real insight into how much you've grown. Your first reaction is your past. Your intentional response is your present. So that's a beautiful way to think about it. Think about your triggered self as kind of your past self. Um, and the in, the intentional response after you you maybe experience a trigger is like your 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 present self, your more healed self. Um, and if you just view healing and um, reacting to triggers through that lens, it can just be this beautiful process of like baby stepping and healing around those triggers so to to the point where eventually they they might not even trigger you anymore Um, but of course that takes time and practice and this is not an overnight process and I don't want to I don't want to like give that impression that this is something that's just super easy Mm -hmm. you know this this Mm -hmm. healing work no matter what takes time and energy and it can be it can be a little tricky and I think it's okay to recognize that but it's very very worth it and um you know slow and steady wins the race and you will you'll definitely if you this is a consistent practice that you keep up with like I guarantee that you'll see some form of healing you might not be fully healed and you know we can talk about eating disorders or something that most people Mm -hmm. deal with throughout their life it's not something that just goes away Mm -hmm. um but those intentional responses to your triggers to help to help heal that initial response is really um the key to healing it would be really lovely to see in the future, you know, maybe a couple years down the road to have Demi, like, maybe revisit this in a way. Like, maybe she'll mm. move past that and she'll be able in the future to say, hey, I went to the Big Chill or another Froyo shop and guess what? I wasn't triggered. I just yeah. think that'd be really cool. And she is so open and vulnerable, which is another yeah. thing I absolutely adore about her, too. Um she yeah she's very open with her fans and with everyone um so I think that'd be cool to see if you know someday she could say hey I overcame this specific trigger just a thought (laughs) exactly yeah so I, I love that and I think that's a great practice for for anybody who may be dealing with food fears or triggers and the other thing I think is important, too, is, you know, this isn't something you have to do all your, all on your own. You can also talk mm-hmm. to friends or family members mm-hmm. who are understanding and who can help you process your emotions. Um, that mm-hmm. can be really alchemizing as well. And it can be really healing to be able to just talk to somebody who understands and who goes, yeah, I totally get why that was triggering for you. I think you know? that's the biggest thing, actually, the biggest yeah. tip. You need to find your community and your support system. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be with your family. It could be with friends. Um, It could even be with an online community. Um, I know those can maybe be a slippery slope. Um, But there are really positive eating disorder recovery communities out there, like on social media. Um, And as you mentioned, like website resources like NADA or NIDA. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Community community is so important. Um, You need to ask for help. You need to... Um, find that support system and and I think that's the biggest point yeah absolutely let's talk let's kind of go back and talk about both what Demi said and I think Jamila said about what this uh this Froyo company could do Mm -hmm. um and they both wanted to talk about the fact that it's like well yeah we understand like people with diabetes need this so like how about you just label these products for diabetics um, or label label your products based on their disease state so that those people who are dealing with, for example, diabetes um, can, you know, find the products that they're looking for, find the foods that they're looking for. I, 
I love I love when people try to offer solutions, right? I like Demi saying, mm-hmm. you know, here here's another solution, here's an alternative. Um I think we should always be thinking like that when it comes to problems. So that way we're not just venting and ranting. It's like, no, we want to come up with a solution. I don't know how I feel about this particular solution. And Mm -hmm. the main reason I feel iffy about it is because in reading, in reading some other people's, you know, critiques and feedback on what happened, people living with those illnesses don't necessarily like want to be singled out for it um if they have oh, yeah. foods that are labeled for it um mm-hmm. you know they don't want to be singled out um and they may appreciate having having those options you know sugar-free options whatever gluten-free they might like having those in the store but having the label changed could be a whole different feeling and might not actually yeah. make them feel good about having to get those yeah, so that's kind of the main reason why I don't know if I like that as a solution. Yeah, personally, I, like, I, I really don't like it either because one, it's interesting with a lot of the work that I've done with um, clients and patients that have health conditions like diabetes or celiac disease or whatever. We do a lot of work with not like not um, identifying with our disease. Like you're, you are not your your health condition you are not Mm -hmm. your disease state that's not who you are and so i think having things labeled specifically for people's medical conditions can make it trickier to like not have them identify with that absolutely aspect and like it just it just feels a little bit icky in that regard to me personally because i think even the language that we we say like oh that person's a diabetic that we that's something that like I think is really important to work on as a culture, but also in the medical community. Like I always try to stay away from labeling somebody as a diabetic because it's like, that's not who they are as a person Mm -hmm. though. That's just the health condition that they're dealing with. So Mm -hmm. I don't love labeling things based on health conditions or certain disease states because it's just, yeah, it makes people identify more with that and it can feel a little bit, a little bit icky in that regard. Um, But also I think... The other thing to point out is that certain dietary restrictions may be helpful for more than one medical condition. So Mm. it's kind of weird. It's like, okay, so if we're going to label something as sugar-free, that can benefit a lot of different people's medical conditions. Like um, another example is like low sodium. That's really good for people with heart disease or with kidney disease. So it's like, should we be labeling those products like for every single medical condition it can help with right. um same with low same with low fat it's like low fat for some people is really beneficial those with gastroparesis people with coleostasis so it's like i think just having a more general label could be way more helpful in that regard because otherwise you're gonna have to list a lot of different different conditions yeah and that gets <laughs> confusing and weird yeah it, it, it is weird. Like, think about going into a Froyo shop and just seeing, like, all, like, low-fat Froyo, and it's like, this can help with GERD and, and gastroparesis and coleostasis. And it's just like, what? I don't understand. Froyo for Can't GERD. Can't we just say low-fat? Yeah. And it, it just is also unappealing. Like, it is. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, to think about, like, going into a, a Froyo shop and just being, I don't know, inundated with that, like, super health-specific messaging. Also, the other thing I wanted to point out is that those types of labels, like, you know, dairy-free, gluten-free, sugar-free, I don't think that's always indicative of diet culture messaging. I think that, you know, like we talked about the other labels, like guilt-free or skinny, those are absolutely indicative of diet culture, but dairy-free could be 
really helpful for somebody who is vegan or somebody who is lactose intolerant. And I think it's important to understand that like, yes, these things have been used by diet culture, but those labels didn't originate because of diet culture. That's why it's um, so tricky to navigate. It's, yeah. it's really yep. difficult and diet culture is so sneaky. So you just have to be it on is. your toes. <laughs> be on your toes and just understand like, and maybe another another um, helpful thing to move through a trigger if you find yourself being triggered mm-hmm. by like a label on a, a, a product that's meant for, for certain things like dairy-free. It's It could be like, oh, you know what? This is really helpful for certain individuals who may really struggle or be allergic to dairy or like have an intolerance to dairy. And just kind of like separate yourself and understand like, oh, this is actually really helpful for certain people. Like, I'm okay with that, you know? And I want people who have those conditions who, and who um, don't want to eat dairy to be able to like adequately find products that meet their needs. Like, it, that's another way you could try to look at it. Definitely, yeah. The other point you wanted to kind of talk about too is like there was something else that Demi mentioned. I think it was in her apology. Maybe it was in her apology where she talked about like LA being like, mm-hmm. you know, really particularly bad about this stuff. And I think that's a really good point. It's like, yeah. I think for her, healing from this is even more difficult because of how pervasive um, messaging around foods like this is, and I mean, growing up in the media, and um, even despite being like such a beautiful young woman, that's the thing with LA diet culture in particular is that it focuses so heavily on appearance and like looking a certain way to be attractive because you're a star and you are on TV all the time and you make appearances and people feel feel like it's justified to like comment comment on your body and give you critiques on based on your appearance, and so I think. That's another important thing to mention and why it's it's could be even more difficult in an industry that's so apparent based and in a in a city that houses that industry and how much those messages are just they're everywhere. Right. Um, I've never I've never been to LA and so all I know is from what I know from others and you know movies and media um but yeah. I do think it adds an interesting layer for all the things that you've said too. And it might also mm-hmm. be why some people were quick to criticize Demi and not understand. Mm-hmm. Like they might not be from LA or understand that um, LA culture might be a little unique with how health conscious and um, all the pressure that's there and, you know, with celebrities mm-hmm. often being there as well. So it's yeah, always important I mean- to look at context for everything. It definitely is. And as somebody, I have traveled to LA and have spent time there and it's very noticeable. It is, it's a weird, I mean, I I hate to say it's a weird culture, but it was very, very noticeable how appearance-based, how much food was marketed with healthy sloganeering and there's restaurants that are catered to specific diets. I mean, the food there was great. I loved it. (laughs) It it was just strange. It was just a very strange experience. and how not just appearance-based the culture is there, but how the the culture of like everybody's trying to be somebody can be kind of competitive mm-hmm. and it can mm-hmm. get kind of toxic. And so I think that feeds also into competitiveness about looks and competitiveness about thinness, competitiveness around, um, I don't know, reaching other beauty standards that are always changing. So And um, impossible. And impossible, as we talked about in our last episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... 
Yeah, no, I think I think LA, I mean, certainly this bleeds into a lot of other cultures and subcultures here in the United States, but you're, I think LA is, is just, a, it's an interesting place. It's just a little bit more, I hate to say shallow. I really do, but that's the only thing that really explains how I felt when I was there when it comes to these kinds of things. So it is, it's more, because it's, I mean, appearance-based things can be quite shallow and appearance-based ideals and trying to fit into those standards can be a shallow thing. So yeah, honestly, sending love to Demi, because I that would be very difficult to be healing from an eating disorder and be surrounded by um, those types of vestigings and, and that culture in particular. And then being attacked um, when you try to stand up for yourself yes. and it may not have been perfect and the way she wanted it to be but as she said like she's a fiery passionate person and she'll make mistakes and yeah. I'm sure she'll like become better for it and also she's young too like hello like she's yeah. still oh a God. young person <laughs> growing up and I just don't think she should be canceled for it um, no you know no and thankfully I haven't seen any calls to like mm -hmm. cancel her. I mean, I don't know. I don't really spend time on the internet to like look through that stuff. <laughs> but I have seen some backlash to what what her reaction was. And I just, I understand to an extent, but it frustrates me because I'm like, man, we got to give more compassion to her. And you're right, the, your, your reaction to these triggers and things, if you deal with them, they're never going to be perfect. Like, what does that even mean? Having a perfect reaction <laughs> when you're True. being triggered? Like, yeah, I definitely send Demi lots of love and compassion. And I hope that... Um, I hope that she can find a little bit more peace around her triggers. And as you said, that'd be so cool to see kind of an update with her. And maybe if she wants to, I mean, she, def she definitely doesn't have to, but it'd be cool to see a healing journey around that. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, any last thoughts on this? We covered, you know, quite a bit. Yeah, no, I think I think we covered what we needed to cover. If you guys have any uh, commentary or questions for us, you can definitely follow us on Instagram, DM us, whatever the handles for us. I'm Dishing Nutrition, and Carrie is... Carrie Studies Body Image. image. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so we can leave our Instagram handles in the show notes. And also, if you have any other comments about future episodes that we could talk about, definitely let us know, uh, DM us, and all that good stuff. And rate um, us as yeah. well. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I know on Apple Podcasts you can do that. Can you do that on Spotify? Oh. Rate a podcast? I don't actually you know. know. <laughs> I don't know, but you can follow a podcast. Yes, you can follow a podcast on Spotify. So definitely follow us if uh, you're excited for some future episodes because we will be having lots more awesome discussions like this coming your way in the future. Absolutely. Well, thank you all for joining us in this conversation today, and we will chat with you next time on the Nourished Bot Pod. <laughs> yep. All right. Bye. <laughs> all right. Bye, Meg. <laughs>